everyone and welcome to the Live With Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing from the previous episode that we just did on the four factors of decision making. And we're going to be going into more detail on nine possible sources of information that can help guide you in making decisions when you're in a situation that doesn't really feel very clear to you. As I said last time, this is a Christian podcast, so majority of what I'm about to say will be faith-based. But I really do hope that even if you're not a Christian listening, that you can still glean as much wisdom as possible and are open to what we're going to be talking about today. Also, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today comes from the book How to Know God's Will by Wayne Grudem. So if you need more information on this topic, I highly recommend his works because they're really, really practical, really insightful and just really great in general. Anyway, let's jump right into these nine sources. Number one is pretty obvious for Christians, but it's to get information from the Bible. As Christians, the Bible should be the first place that we get our information from about any kind of ethical or moral decision. And this is because the Bible is inerrant, meaning flawless, correct, it doesn't fail, and so on. It is the absolute authority in the Christian's life for ethical guidance. To confess that Jesus is Lord and that he, you know, you believe in him, you follow him, is to declare your submission to Jesus' authority. And when you don't acknowledge God's authority, it's kind of serious because one day we will all be accountable to him at the end of our lives. Now, this doesn't mean to say that we all just blindly follow because Jesus said that we're to love God with our entire minds as well as our hearts and our bodies and etc. And the Apostle Paul said that we are to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. So just because sometimes we might get confused by the things that the Bible says, it doesn't mean that our brains just get left at the door when we come to faith in Jesus. The Bible has internal and external evidence for its authority, and I'm not going to get into it right now. I actually think that I have a past episode on the authority and inerrancy of the Bible. So if that interests you, please go check that episode out if you're interested. I'll try and find it and link it in the description, but if it's not in the description, just assume that I couldn't find it. So I'm really sorry. But to summarize, the internal evidence is that Jesus claimed authority when he was here on earth. He trusted in the Bible's authority and his disciples were eyewitnesses to this authority. So as people who believe in him, we should also be submitting to this fact. Anyway, moving on, we can get information from studying the situation. Jesus gives examples in the Bible from ordinary life to illustrate to people how they can learn about a situation before agreeing to do the action. In Luke chapter 14, verses 28 to 32, it says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. What is the first thing you will do? Won't you sit down and figure out how much it will cost if you have enough money to pay for it? Otherwise, you will start building the tower, but not be able to finish. Then everyone who sees what is happening will laugh at you and they will say, you started building, but you could not finish the job. What will a king do if he only has 10,000 soldiers to defend himself against a king who is about to attack him with 20,000 soldiers? Before he goes out to battle, won't he first sit down and decide if he can win? If he thinks he won't be able to defend himself, he will send messengers and ask for peace while the other king is still a long way off. So there are many decisions that require you to find out more information about the actual facts of a situation before you are able to make a responsible choice. And studying the situation should also include a reflection on what might be, which comes from our own imagination. Next is getting information from yourself. And what I mean by this is that it's important to understand and know yourself and your specific role 
in the situation at hand. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, I realize God has treated me with undeserved grace. And so I tell each of you not to think you are better than you really are. Use good sense and measure yourself by the amount of faith that God has given you. So what he's saying is, is that it's good to honestly evaluate your own skills, interests and desires and sense of what you think God is leading you to decide in whether or not to do an action or not. Also, if you don't feel like you're able to do this very well, it's actually really beneficial to perhaps go to friends family members or church leaders that you know and trust and you know will always steer you in the right direction for advice. They're not selfish. They're not trying to enable you to follow your feelings. They won't enable you to choose the destructive choice. These people have your best interests at heart. Which leads to the next one, naturally. It's advice from others. Like I just said, friends, family members, church leaders, all of these people can help you and give you advice in what to do. Of course, you need to put yourself in the position that you're open to receiving advice and even rebuking you or, you know, kind of telling you off when you need it and try not to get defensive or offended by it. Especially because if these are good people with good intentions for you and aren't trying to manipulate you, you should be able to trust even their hard words. Another place should also be reading books and articles on the subject. The only downside to this is sometimes you won't always have a 100% accurate advice from this because no two situations are exactly the same. You could also look at perhaps the historical teachings of the church. There are many wise Bible teachers in history that have given extensive time and research and thought to a lot of common ethical questions that do comfort people in each generation. It's always wise to learn from people in the past so that you don't make the same mistake. That's why we can learn from history. That's the main benefit that we keep record. Another area is from changed circumstances. When your situation changes, it might be an indication of God's will for you. Emphasis on might. (laughs) To really figure out this properly, it will require wisdom to discern whether or not the circumstances indicate something of God's purposes for us. And this usually requires prayer to God to give us discernment to understand the circumstances properly. A great example of this is Gideon in Judges chapter 6 if you want to read more about that. But yeah. Take change circumstances into consideration when you're making your decision and pray for wisdom to understand. Another area that you can get information and guidance from is from your own conscience. Your conscience is your instinctive inward sense of right and wrong. And the Apostle Peter encourages his readers that they should take care to have a good conscience in 1 Peter chapter 3. And even Paul emphasizes it also in Acts chapter 24. Now, this doesn't mean, though, that conscience is always a reliable guide because a lot of people out there can have a weak conscience. And when Paul and Peter say that they want their hearers to develop a good conscience, they're implying that others can have a bad conscience or one that isn't 100 percent reliable. Nevertheless, a good conscience must be taken into account when making ethical and moral decisions. Now, there can be some very serious consequences to those who reject their consciences. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18, Paul says that those who have done so have shipwrecked, meaning to completely destroy their faith. So violate your conscience at your own risk because it's not good. It's it's only for your own downfall. The next area is the heart. While the conscience is an instinctive inward sense of right and wrong, the heart in the Bible is a much broader concept. And this is because the heart is seen as 
the inner center of a person's deepest moral and spiritual inclinations and convictions, especially in relationship to God. The Bible says that believers today have God's law written on their hearts in a fuller and deeper sense than in the old covenant of the Bible. In addition to this, Paul assumes that Christians in general have become obedient from the heart to God's will. But we should not think that our hearts are perfect because that is our biggest danger because our hearts are very, very flawed. But as far as ethical guidance is concerned, sometimes the Bible speaks of people following their heart's desires so as to do what is pleasing to God. Psalm chapter 37 verse 4, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. This is indicating that the deep heartfelt desires of a person who loves God, takes delight in him, will often be the very desires that God wants that person to have, the desires that God will be pleased to grant. In this case, a person's desires indicate the will of God for that person. I hope that makes sense. Usually when you ask people, what do you really want? What is in your heart? Most of the time, they'll probably already have some sense of what it is that they are trying to do or what they want because God has already put it in the person's heart and also a deep desire to follow a particular course of action that would just be silly to ignore it. I emphasize here, though, that this is the case with Christians. The ones who are walking in obedience to the Lord, staying in fellowship with him and maintaining regular prayer and Bible reading, those people, their heart's desires should be a large factor in discerning God's will in particular situations. If you aren't like that, though, don't worry. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad or to, you know, make you feel less than, but more as an encouragement to perhaps do those things first and to get into these habits before learning to rely on your heart for guidance. Because the Bible also tells us that the heart alone is deceitful and desperately wicked and no one knows how bad it can be sometimes. So consider that also. The eighth area to factor in is the person's human spirit. Now, some people don't believe that we have a spirit within us, but what I'm talking about is the non-material part of a person, the part that survives when the person's physical body dies. And this isn't the same as having the Holy Spirit who lives within us as Christians when we believe and put our faith in Jesus. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, The Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and the man became a living being. It's this part that gives us the consciousness of self and other great and limited, quote, like godlike qualities, like our intellect, emotions, fears, passions, and creativity. Now, our spirit was damaged when Adam and Eve sinned, and our ability to fellowship properly with God was broken. But a relationship with Jesus now is what revitalizes our spirits and renews us day by day. Sometimes a person's human spirit can give indications of positive emotions and is therefore an addition to the perception of right and wrong from our own consciences and also what we feel in our hearts. Now, this is also the part of us where we get our free will from, which is something no other creature on earth has. Finally, we reach the last one, number nine, which is guidance from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has has many, many functions. Not only does he distribute spiritual gifts according to his will, but the Bible says that he also comforts us, teaches us, and remains in us believers as a seal of promise upon our hearts. 
until the day of Jesus' return. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6-10 to 10 says, We do use wisdom when speaking to people who are mature in their faith, but it isn't the wisdom of this world or of its rulers who will soon disappear. We speak of God's hidden and mysterious wisdom that God decided to use for our glory long before the world began. The rulers of this world didn't know anything about this wisdom. If they had known about it, they would not have nailed the glorious Lord to a cross. But it is just as the scriptures say. What God has planned for people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never even entered our minds. God's spirit has shown you everything. His spirit finds out everything, even what is deep in the mind of God. It's difficult sometimes to figure out what's our own thoughts and and what is the Holy Spirit leading us to do? And it's because the Holy Spirit doesn't speak in audible words, but he guides us through our own consciences and sometimes in quiet, subtle ways. One of the most important ways to recognize his guidance is to be familiar with God's word, which is the Bible, because like I said at the very beginning of this episode, the Bible is the ultimate source of wisdom about how we should live our lives. And as believers, we should search the word, meditate on what it says and commit it to memory. It's also important to pray and to stay open to the Holy Spirit's leading. And it's also important to know that the Holy Spirit will never, never, never lead us to sin. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that is morally and ethically bad. So that's not him if that's the case. It's probably Satan. (laughs) Obviously, you can still misinterpret or be misled and make mistakes. It happens. We're human. It's normal. However, we should always pay attention to the first four factors from the previous episodes that I mentioned when making decisions and also utilize the nine sources that I just mentioned to help you when things get more difficult because I'm sure something will help you. Those nine things, (laughs) I'm sure something will help you in your effort to make the right decision. It seems really complicated and just a lot, but it's not impossible. So please don't be discouraged by all of this information. God wants us to be able to have wisdom and discernment and to make right decisions. Anyway, I'm going to leave it right there, but I hope this episode has been useful to you hope you have a really great day and I'll see you next time. Bye everyone.